that you have just been invaded by. Hey there guys, this is DJ Slope from Slope's Game Room and you're listening to Slope's Cast, the retro gaming news show recorded live on Twitch with my co-host Grizzly Cryden. If you like the podcast and you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider becoming a Patreon or YouTube member. And if you have any particular news stories that you would like us to cover in a future episode, then please do let us know in the dedicated rooms over on Discord. Plus, if you are listening to the podcast on any of the many podcast services around the world, then please do give us a little review. It really does help us spread our wings and get into the earlobes of plenty of other podcast goers. Anyway, enough of the plugs. Let's get on with the show. Hey there guys, it's Slopescast time and we've got six topics to be chatting about today. We thought we'd uh, sort of nail it down because we were talking <laughs> quite a bit about all of these different topics but you know there's just so much to talk about this week and uh, well Grizzly why don't you tell us briefly what these six topics are going to be tonight. Okay so coming up today on the Slopescast we have Valve creating their version of the Switch Pro mm. aka the Steam Deck. Um, we have a new War of the Worlds-inspired game to look at. Uh, Double Fine uh, championing the easy mode, uh, flying in the face of that get-good crowd. Uh, Evercade rolls out a new collection, uh, which is always a fan favourite of the Slopes cast. Um, a YouTuber creates the first nuclear Tetris handheld, and Japan does possibly the most family-friendly copyright um, thing and actually looks at some decent copyright law changes. All of that and more to come in this week's pop, uh, Slopescast. Yeah, I'll tell you what, looking at those six topics you just mentioned there, I, I actually think this is a nothing but a positive show. It's all positive tonight. It is. It's great. We haven't yeah. got any negativity tonight, which is good. You shouldn't, you shouldn't spread negativity. We should sp- spread good vibes and we've got six good vibe um <laughs> things to talk about tonight that is unless you're a nintendo fanboy what was you yes. doing on july 16th at 6 p.m uh grizzly was you pre-ordering the uh the 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 switch oled <laughs> most definitely not <laughs> no no what would you no. do with your time no. at 6 p.m on um uk time on the 16th of july instead i was reserving the steam deck um after watching and going hmm, that looks interesting on the 15th of july when steam uh when valve announced it so uh let's let's just go through what this actually is for people who have been sleeping um the steam deck is a handheld pc um it runs a the zen 2 uh, architecture chip blah 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 essentially it's as powerful as ps4 or xbox one in handheld formats and you can take it around and play st- uh, PC games on it, emulation. You can pay- basically install anything that a PC can onto this thing. And what's good as well is they've kept it realistic because, of course, you're not going to get like AAA 4K gaming on here. They've exactly. done it on a 720p screen. So it means that even that chip can run the majority of PC titles on Steam, which is brilliant to say the least. Absolutely. Um, great looking piece of kit. Um, I know that myself and Dan have pre-ordered one, uh, the 512 gig version. Um, so that w- what are you looking forward to with, with this, Dan? 
Well, it, it, it's it's. I'm, I'm just so excited that there's. I mean, it's not technically a new uh, uh, juggernaut entering the video game market, but in my mind, it kind of is because it takes me back to when they were doing the uh, the Steam. What were they even called? Those Steam consoles that they were trying to do, the little mini ones that didn't really yeah. take off. Um, the Steam machines. Yeah, Valve has a bit of a shaky past with hardware. That's that's fair to say, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I jumped in and I bought that uh, Steam controller and I was like, wow, this looks so exciting. And I just couldn't get used to it. It felt so strange and so weird to me. I did give it a good go. I think it was actually one of the earlier videos I did on my channel doing a little review on that, actually. But um, uh, yeah, so for me, it's the fact that we've got this this awesome looking system you know for and, and i know we cried and moaned about it in the last or maybe two podcasts ago talking about the fact that everyone's crying about the fact that there is no switch pro announcement um and you know really no one's to blame because <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. it, 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 you know it's just constant people just spreading that news for for the clicks essentially and i'm not just talking about youtubers i'm talking about articles uh, news articles all that sort of stuff but um we've kind of got it We've kind of got it. And as you said, it's not the 4K system, but I'm going to be getting a system uh, in... Uh, it's actually I'm getting mine at the be- uh, early next year because uh, I was, yeah, wasn't QT. quick enough. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting a system at the beginning of next year that's already got 500-odd games on it <laughs> yeah. in my library. <laughs> it's I mean, exciting. It's exciting. If anyone here plays on PC, have a quick look at how many games you've got on Steam, and chances are you've got enough to justify purchasing one of these things, I think. I think mine's currently at 800, and that's just full of indie games which will run perfectly on this thing that I've just collected over the years from Humble Bundle. In fact, most of the Steam, most of the games that are appearing on Switch as brand new indie releases are currently being sold dirt cheap on Steam or in Humble Bundles. It completely supersedes a lot of what you what you see on on uh, Nintendo platforms. I mean, if this is successful, let's just let's just be optimistic and say it is. This could heavily disrupt the handheld market. Big time. And I would be I very know, nervous if I was Nintendo uh, on on Western shores for their for their Western uh, gamers. Yeah, and when, when we're talking about like, I, I know a lot of people are making jokes about, oh yeah, it's basically the new version of the Atari Lynx or the the new uh, Game Gear. Nothing really beats Nintendo handheld, which is which is yeah, it's true. But what's important is things like market share, and I think Steam Deck has a potential here yeah. to really, uh, really, really take uh, take the show because people do want proper handheld controls. They want a bit of power in their handheld rather than playing on mobile phone. I could totally see this paying off, and it, it seems that the 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 lowest SKU, which is the sixty four gig model, which I wouldn't recommend anyone buy, by the way, because yeah, yeah. 64 gig is not a nearly enough. Um, it does appear to be sold at a loss, like the like the flagship consoles, like PS5, Xbox Series, and Nintendo Switch, of which all of which are sold at a loss, so that they can sell more games as opposed to more hardware. Absolutely. I feel that they've they've pitched this just right so much so that they've they sold almost over 150,000 units in the first few days of reservations yeah yeah absolutely and, and uh, they, they, they've stopped them they've stopped reservations <laughs> for the moment um and I'm, I'm just seeing on the screen right there factorio uh, or factorio whatever you want to call it absolutely adore that game being able to play that on the move it's just like oh my god it's um it's very exciting um i'm still going to collect for my nintendo switch and obviously this isn't going to be a nintendo switch killer 
because Nintendo, uh, as I always say, the same with PlayStation, have those exclusives that make those consoles worthwhile getting. Um, oh, I, sorry. I, I still don't think, you know, even though I've got this incredible system with incredibly cheap games, um, just constantly right there, I, I'm, I'm still not going to be able to, you know, I'm, I'm still not going to be ever playing a game better than Mario Galaxy or Pikmin or, you know, because I'm that type of gamer. However, I adore, adore indie games and the odd third party game. And this is now the system I'm going to be buying those games for. Um, on top of mm. all the ones I've already got, it's, it's very, very exciting. Um, I'm all about this. I'm all about this. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised that Xbox didn't jump on this. Uh, you know, well, that's the that's the beauty of it. They don't need to. This is the perfect Game Pass handheld. You can get Game Pass on this. Yes, you can. You can use uh, PC Game Pass as part of your Ultimate subscription, and it's good to go. You can play Xbox games on on the go. It's exciting. So it's exciting. they they don't need to make the handheld. They they just wait for something like this to be created and say, "Yep, we're compatible too." There we Brilliant. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more of a console gamer myself than PC. Rainer, I'm exactly, I'm completely with you. I've got an insane library of games on, on, um, uh, uh, on Steam and probably like the 99% of people, 99% of those games have never even been installed. Um, and the reason I'm more of a console gamer is because I don't like sitting in front of my PC playing games unless they're an RTS type game, which I don't really have the time to be sitting in front of my PC and playing. So this is like the, ultimate way of playing those pc games that i've i've bought and never purchased that, that, that's just how i see it I, I see this as a console more than a than a pc i'll still think that the fact that i've you know i've got my pc upstairs and i've got this as a console that's just how i'm gonna see it um in my head totally. um so uh yeah i i i'm just so excited there's someone in the that's really disrupting the gaming market uh, big time because I think I see this as, as more of a disruption than any of the new consoles that's come out of the last generation uh, of this current generation PlayStation 5 and Xbox One uh, Series X you know these are just the next leap for those brands for Sony and for Microsoft but this is this is something wow um, kind of like yeah. how um, Nintendo did with the Switch. Like they, they completely, whoa, what are they doing here? And the way Nintendo did with the Wii, you know, these sort of things. So this is an exciting new thing. Um, and uh, I'm all about it. Uh, look right there, Portal 2 in handheld mode. It's just going to, oh, I, I complete that game every year. Uh, and I'm going to hold off and not do it this year just so I can play it next year on that because that'll be one of the first things I complete. I, I yeah. freaking love that game. There's, there's, there's a few things to take into consideration with the Steam Deck, I think. I mean, it's not all sunshine and roses, although as, as excited as we are. Um, battery life doesn't look that hot. We're looking at anywhere between two and eight hours worth of gameplay, depending yeah. on how yeah. um, how strong the, the gameplay or whatever it is that you're playing is going to be. That was about what I expected before I went in. I mean, at least they're being somewhat realistic with that Um that estimation i just hope that the battery is up to keeping alive for a longer period so we're not changing it or having to replace it within a year the other thing is of course uh we talked earlier about the the low skew being at 64 gigabyte and i've seen a few messages in the comments asking about well why can't you just buy the cheapest one and then upgrade it with the sd card memory you, problem is with can. sd card memory is sd cards are quite slow um slower than typical hard drive speeds and that's definitely not something you want to be running GTA 5 on. Whereas the 
the upper SKUs, you're looking at an NVMe SSD drive, um, one of those really small form factor ones. Now, there has been a bit news about whether you can upgrade that, um, but it's in no way confirmed. Um, but the, the, it wasn't that one of the is. creator has said that you will be able to on Twitter or something I've heard of someone. Again, I don't know for sure. Yeah. They haven't uh, talked about that and announced that, and I suppose they would be a bit stupid if they did. Uh, here's the free models. By the way, you can upgrade any of them. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going to give you an extra 200 quid because I can just chuck in an SD card, um, uh, an SSD myself. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's all up in the air. But, yeah, I have gone for the uh, the, the top tier, t- tier three model myself. That's um, what I uh tier two and tier three are the same type of hard drive in there just you know double the size uh and the only difference is that tier three has an anti-glare uh shine which you know some people actually may prefer to get that middle tier to not have that anti-glare shine because i know a lot of people out there see that that doesn't give you that crystal crisp sort of uh image uh for me I want to play it in my garden and uh, that, that, that's never bothered me because I, I literally put one of those anti-glares on my son's switch and I don't see the difference between my switch in, in handheld and his like they look exactly the same um, in my eyes so I, I, I'm, I'm happy with the um, the anti-glare uh, glass that they're going to have on the top tier yeah. compared to second and anti-glare is good if you want to look at dark content in a sunny garden yeah because it will block out all of that external light or you know it will do its best at least to reduce it but yeah uh, that's one of the reasons i went for it it just seemed like a bit of an upgrade would have been nice to have an oled screen lol uh, <laughs> but you know I'll, I'll i'll deal with uh i'll deal with an lcd for some battery life <laughs> someone else is doing that doing something with an oled screen i think i i, I can't remember since 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 this was announced i just all that oh, all that news no, just shot out of my head nobody's There'll be nobodies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there we go. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm just so happy it's it's uh, someone else, and I see that as a fourth main competitor. Um, yeah, it, this sort of thing is never a bad thing uh, for the uh, gaming market. I wonder if this will actually disrupt Game Pass, because I know everyone loves their Game Pass, but like games on Steam are so dirt cheap all the time. Um, is why... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I know you're if like anything, a big thing of Game Pass. A good. Yeah, if anything, I can see it gaining more subscriptions as a result. I mean, Game Pass on PC alone is three ninety nine a month, and you get a lot for your money. As much as I don't didn't like Microsoft's entire strategy last last generation, I feel they've smashed it out of the park with Game Pass. It's one of the greatest deals in gaming right now, and I don't mean that to sound like a shill or an ad. Like I know you, you love it. I, I don't have it, but yeah, I think it's great. I, I, I've had it free a couple of months and I've never downloaded one game using it. So I was just like, you know, it's, it's not for me. I don't have the time to warrant using it. It's like having a Netflix subscription but never turning your telly on. That's how I yeah. was uh, yeah. using it. you got you got to use it to, uh, to appreciate it. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really, really else to say, but hey, there's uh, Valve releasing a handheld PC. Yeah. It is kind Sounds of a PC. That. It works as a PC in a sense, but I still see it as a console. Um and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's exciting, very exciting. It's a handheld PC. What has buttons on? There it is. There it is. Yeah. I wonder if that's what we've written on the box. It's a handheld PC that has buttons on. Yeah. Valve <laughs> Steam Deck. That's the way. <laughs> Moving on to topic number two. Now, for anyone that's uh, watched my channel, any of my live streams uh, for 
the longest time because it's a while ago well no i'm a big fan of anything to do with war of the worlds i did a an entire history piece based on the hit the the history in the games of war of the worlds i talked about how it came about the original book the original stories movies that sort of stuff and then how that translated into video games um unfortunately the majority of video games uh, are not good the latest one uh gray skies um has now become a little bit of a <laughs> let me press play on this has become a bit of a meme jokey thing uh amongst my commenters whoa there's your red weed red weed <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um it had potential and it was so bare bones and i hated saying it but guys it was so rubbish it was so rubbish so there's um, an indie group of people that are making a sort of a fan game this isn't official or anything like that and it's using the half-life 2 engine and what you're seeing on the screen right now is it um it definitely doesn't look like a triple a title but it looks the best war of the world games that we've had so far so that gets me excited um and uh yeah you should be excited because water worlds is awesome i still i still wish it was set in like a sort of a world war one-esque setting um uh, but uh, yeah you, know, you can't beggars can't be choosers it's it still looks good fun um uh as uh, for people that are uh, listening rather than watching when you're running along uh and you actually see that the enormous shadow of the tripods walking towards you uh it looks scary I, I, I'd be. This is a game I'd want to play in VR. I think it would be very exciting to play in VR, and um, I, I, I've see, I see no reason why they wouldn't add that. If I'm honest, um, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't look. I mean, the AAA, the but foot, it looks good. Sorry, go. On. The footage is clearly staged, so it's just like a small snippet inside a very small town with a series of tripods um, and what looks like flying machines as well. Yeah. Um, in in the background, and they that. They've got like the tentacles that pick up the cars, the people, and you can see the 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 death ray uh, raining down on people, and some very very funny sound. Uh, so ragdoll physics. Yeah, but, yeah, reminded me um, of that flat out flat out game for the uh, 360. You remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah like those destruction derby games. That's the one. Um, but this personally, I really like the approach, even if it was just like a machinima, like a uh, a TV show built out of a video game it would be ropey but yeah. i quite like the designs of the, the martian machines and you know they're touting this as a, a bit of a survival experience where you need to travel from one end of the country to the other that sounds cool to me i yeah. think they might be being a little ambitious judged by just how little ropey some of the visuals are and you know the pop in of like tanks that we're seeing on the screen it's not the prettiest sight but it looks cool i've got to say um and you gotta they, give them, you gotta give them the respect because this, this isn't going to be an officially released game you're not going to be seeing this in your playstation 4 library or whatever this is uh just a group of indie people that are fans of half-life 2 and and water worlds because you've got to mention half-life 2 not only are they using the engine there uh, I, I i i believe they're using the engine but they're also um taking inspiration from that as well um yes yeah, it's, it's gonna exclusive be to steam deck isn't it yeah yes <laughs> it's definitely exclusive <laughs> to Steam Deck. I will be playing this on my Steam Deck. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's exciting. Um, 
and, and any love that goes towards uh, War of the Worlds is good for me. And um, yeah, um, this yeah. is this is good. This is good. Now, hopefully, yeah, someone so, can actually pick sorry, up the license to, and do a proper game. Sorry, just to mention as well, I think we've mentioned War of the Worlds, but not the actual title of this game. It's called Interlakes for anyone that's right. interested. <laughs> yes. So, Interlakes <laughs> is a game being developed by indie studio team Revived. It's an open world sci fi third person survival shooter game inspired by War of the Worlds and games such as Half Life 2 and The Last of Us. Uh, Interlakes, you explore a vast and beautiful world invaded and in the verge of being conquered by alien forces we aim to improve aspects of survival genre yeah bring it on bring it on i'll, I'll, I'll chuck down a few quid for this on steam and uh, have a little live stream of it potentially uh, on my steam deck yes <laughs> that's the way it's exciting it's exciting i've always got time for more war of the world stuff but anyway that's i had to add it in there i know it's not big news but if it's war of the world news it's getting added into this and uh that's why it's in here. That's why it's in here. Thanks, Grizzly, for making sure this one got added in. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. We're just watching a, a little demo here of how tripods attack humans. And it's actually quite smart. So it's picking up cars and selecting little targets on the ground, targets being humans, mm -hmm. um, to do as much damage as possible. And if it gets close to them, of course, those tentacles will grab the humans and then either enslave them or, you know, throw them against walls. But I like how uh, the physics are, are working, if even if it does look a little ropey. So, yeah, yeah. Bit of fun, I think. Bring it on, bring it, it on. Oola. Andy Norton, yes, I get Half-Life 2 vibes when watching that, especially those Martian designs. Absolutely, yeah. That, and, um, God. I need to play Half-Life 2 again. Maybe I'll play that on my Steam Deck. Enough of that yeah, the Steam Deck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even out yet. Let's uh, <laughs> let's chat about Psychonauts 2. Because uh, yes. this is a game you're very excited about, Grizzly. I cannot wait for this game. In fact, a lot of the previews, early, uh, early previews, in fact, we're watching a trailer on screen that I have not yet seen. I really should have done, but... Psychonauts is one of those platformer games made by one of my favourite developers, uh, Double Fine and Tim Schafer. Um, unique brand of comedy, uh, unique visual style, unique everything um, about this game is unique. Um, so what's special about Psychonauts this time is that not just the the, the mind-bending gameplay, it's about the, um, the, the difficulty mode. So Tim Schafer and Double Fine have installed a invincibility toggle for, uh, for players that are, you know, probably a bit less skilled or you might have some difficulties with some games for whatever reason, and those reasons are valid. I hate to say it to all the hardcore gamers out there, where they can just play through, enjoy the story, and, um, you know, just play without any, like, fear of consequence, losing lives, or, you know, just having any problems with the games overall. It's a very similar approach to how Nintendo added the golden Tanuki suit in Mario 3D World or 3D Land. Exactly, that's allowing, the that's what comes to mind when I hear, heard this. Allowing children or, you know, gamers with, you know, either disabilities or just unable to get through the game under their own steam, a means in which they can just play through and enjoy. I think that's really cool, uh, personally. Some people call it the journalist mode. I see you, Dutch chairman, in the chat. <laughs> we all remember that cup, Cuphead incident. But no, I, I personally think this is a great idea. Um because it doesn't affect me, right? Because I'll play the game through 
as normal. I will. I want to play the game as probably the developers intended, um, where there's a little bit of threat and, and damage to it, because Psychonauts can get a bit freaky at times in terms of scares. I want there to be a bit of challenge to go with it, but that doesn't suit everyone. And I can fully appreciate it if um, people need that extra leg up to be able to play the game. But of course, it opens up that debate again. You know, do you add an easy mode to Dark Souls, which is a game that is designed to be difficult? Or, you know, games, accessibility in games shouldn't be as hotly contested, I believe. But unfortunately, it is. And we can already see in the comments that some people disagree. So it's, it's, yeah. I mean, Rainer puts it there. Um, uh, what did she say? I just scrolled up. Let's have a look. Uh, Rainer actually read there. Um, uh, I'm fine with there being an invincibility toggle on assist modes. Not everyone has the time to game and just wants to have some fun when they can nor is everyone able to do as well as others it's exactly right because i tell you what the the, the main argument that i normally hear from people that don't want uh, an invincibility easy sort of mode in that sense uh are retro gamers now when you look back the reason why a lot of retro games are hard not in every case but you know some games are, you need to master because you know they're good games but the majority of the time if we're going to be real with ourselves the reason why these games were hard back in the day were because there was only really about four levels <laughs> and you know yeah, and, i remember uh, never getting to the end of terminator one and then when i finally grew up and i did i was like oh i was actually only one level away from the end level anyway <laughs> you know? yeah that and the developers didn't want you to be able to complete it in a rental and uh, right, they wanted right. you to keep playing and keep playing and buy the game you know exactly yeah, so um, I, I'm for it. You know, I've got a son and we play the same games um, I, that I will complete and he won't. And Mario 3D World is exactly one of those examples where he did use the Tanuki, Tanuki, whatever it was, suit um, uh, one or two of the levels. Um, but, you know, the way I see it is I'm never going to pick up a game like this, go to difficulty and turn on easy mode. Just the same way I'm not going to go into the uh, options and put on invincibility mode because it's not... yeah. You know, I, I, I just don't play games like that. Like, uh, the same way, I don't go the other way either. I don't put it on ultra hard just to make the game extra hard. I play the game as it's intended on normal. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I don't change around with that. That's how I play it. But I understand other people may want to, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, the way I see Psychonauts is Psychonauts, um, the original game, really excelled in the story department. But there were areas of that game which are both, which were either way too cryptic in in certain cases, or just incredibly frustrating, like the the Meat Circus level. If anyone remembers remembers that game, knows exactly what I'm talking about mm-hmm. with the with the Meat Circus. So. To know that there's going to be a way to go, right, okay, I really just want to see the next cutscene because look at the stuff that's on the screen right now. It looks amazing. It's a beautiful game. You know, it's. I just want to see everything that this game has to offer and I don't want frustration to be an underlying factor of that. Will I use Invincibility Toggle? Probably not. No. Might I go down to easy if normal proves a bit too difficult? Probably because I just want to play through. (laughs) But yeah. It's it's one of those things. Everyone's mileage is going to vary, and I don't think you should be. I don't think anyone should lambast people for using invincibility mode if they really feel like they need to. Um, because at the end of the day, it's a single player game. You're not competing. Nobody's being cheated cheated out of anything. Enjoy the games as you like it. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I'm seeing uh, our visual fox there. Uh, uh, I don't mind easy modes and accessibility, but a full-on invincibility mode does seem too far uh, for for me for artificial fox. And you know that's fair enough. Um, you know, um, I 
I don't care because I'm never going to use it. Um, and I'm happy if people do, but, um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I take it on. And, uh, our poll, yeah, uh, yay. Everyone's picking it up. <laughs> that was the end of that poll. People are picking up, uh, Psychonauts 2. So moving on from Psychonauts 2 to the Evercade. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We like good the old, Evercade. Good old Evercade. Yeah. In fact, I got a little delivery only last last wednesday or thursday i believe it was and i've now completed my collection that is all 18 games so far released uh the last the last few i was missing um worms indie heroes pico 2 oh and jalico i didn't have the jalico one which is one i really wanted um so yes there's a new one a new collection coming out now you know we don't talk about every single release they put out but this is one of the reasons i think this particular collection is one of the reasons as to why the evercade is just so loved when yes you can emulate this stuff very easily on an old psp or whatever else because you know these are for the most part 16 and 8-bit games um and for me this 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 shows why this system is so good because yes you get the obvious games that i've played a thousand times yeah your, your oliver twins collections and there's you know pac-man games on earlier collections and atari games whatever but the list of games that we've got here i'll read them out to you um uh from uh renovation arcus odyssey beast wrestler dino land el viento exile final zone uh gares i can never say that right there's a special way you have to say it. i remember the adverts in the old um sega magazine IRS. Sky Iris, like some yeah, yeah. There, there was like some cool hip nineties dude that told you how to say it correctly. Um, uh, Granada, Soldis, uh, Trazia, Valis, the Phantasm Soldier, and Valis Free. Now, there's a few games on there that I'm just never going to be interested in JRPG type games, but it is what it is. There's like what ten games I just read out there. Um, but a lot of these games never got released uh, on Western shores at all at all and uh, a lot of these games i've never heard of at all when you get the collection it sounds like i'm shilling for the company i really am not but when you get these collections like this so i picked up the worms one and uh oh wow i didn't even realize that one comes with a poster okay but you get these little booklets that tell you a tiny little bit about the company tells you a little bit about each game and obviously they have actual um uh the controls in there and stuff like that but you feel like you're actually getting a piece of history and you're actually learning about retro games for a silly cheap price i mean i always say it, but these are like 15 quid a pop they're like at that point the reason why you don't hear people saying uh oh you can you can hack your evercade to play these sort of games is because no one needs to they're so cheap to do these games yes everyone knows you can hack them and whatever else but you don't need to is it is that's not why people buy these consoles people buy these consoles to experience games that either they had or in this instance that they didn't know about and um yeah i didn't know about the majority of these games or this company uh these are all incredibly rare games if you were going to buy them physically um the 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 little uh, blurb that it came with boast if you was going to buy them all complete in box you'd be uh paying well over one thousand four hundred dollars crazy <laughs> which is a bit ridiculous but um uh yeah i mean it's a super rare collection of games that for the most part i don't know about and I i'm about yeah. to learn about it and how can i not be excited for that and it's dirt cheap so continue doing this continue doing <laughs> that mix of um games i know about from companies that i know about mixed with things like this i'm i i honestly didn't really know too much about it at all um because i'm yeah, willing to drop the the, the 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 few quid it costs to get the console and, and and try them out yeah i mean like 
out of all of the collections that Evercade's released, there's been usually a game I recognise, and there's, this is no different because I've heard of El Viento, um, Sol Dis, which is actually in in Europe is called Sol Feast and was released on the Mega CD. Um, Arcus, I know Dino honestly, Land. That, so Dino Land is the uh, pinball like spin-off of Dino City, wasn't it? Uh, um, I believe the characters are the same, um, same of the mas- mascots. I know it was changed for the for the US and what have you. But what I love about this is, if I was going to assemble like an emulation collection, it, let's just say I pick up my PSP and I just go, I'm going to play some emulated games and I'm going to fill my list with a bunch of games that I remember. I'm never going to include stuff like um, Soul Feast, yeah. Dino Land. Finals you know, Tra- Tracia, yeah. Because I've I've got no real attachment to those. But again, Evercade really smashes what they are all about by creating this curated selection of games that they think you're going to enjoy. It's the same kind of genres that used to, like platformers, RPGs, mm-hmm. fighting games, pinball, and they're presenting it in a way which basically says, right, low low cost of entry, give these games a go. We think you'll love them. And you know, judging by the videos that the video that's playing with all of these games, some of these are going, Oh, I remember that. I just never knew the name of it. Yeah. Now I get now I get to, you know, have a copy of that game without having to traipse through eBay and paying fourteen hundred dollars, which I'm never going to do, um, just to play the likes of El Viento. So again, Evercade, smashing it, keep yeah. it up. It's one of those things, I mean being someone that collects a lot of retro stuff and even re-releases of classic retro stuff, there's a lot of people out there, that, you know, that, that, that companies out there that, that put out like Earthworm Jim again on a new cartridge. Now, so I am someone that would want to buy that because I'm a huge fan of the original Earthworm Jim games, but it's like a hundred pounds, and I'm like, it's so over the top, and it's just not needed for the price that it's yeah. being put out for. But you get those games on Earthworm Jim is one of those games that you get on this system, um, and it's. And it's like £15 a pop plus another five games. It comes in a nice box. And uh, most importantly, it plays how it should be played. You know, there's no very major noticeable um, badness. Let's let's bring out that word, shall we? Badness to it. It it works. It Mm. works. Um, So it's a new collection of games from a company I know very little about. From Games I've hardly ever played. Some of them I do recognise. But uh, for the most part, I don't, in all honesty. So it's a new collection. And I I, I think this is is the kind of stuff we want to see more of um, in in, in the retro community rather than extremely expensive uh, uh, Super Nintendo Mega Drive cartridges or whatever else it may be uh, of a game that you're told is rare or oh that is a good game so you must get it you know that this is this is a cool way of experiencing new games um i like it definitely Mm -hmm. well into this moving on to our next topic um actually this is one that i you you was quite excited about this one if i'm not mistaken (laughs) i can actually open up the article I, i love stuff like this where hackers just have a play and uh, they they turn something into something else. So it's ignore the title. Uh, if you're watching the screen and you see the words Game Boy, it is not a Game Boy. It's definitely the Game Boy knockoff. Yeah, you see them all. The- I actually totally had be. this when I was younger. My auntie bought this for me, this exact one. And if you go on AliExpress, you can pick them up for like two or three quid. They've been making this exact model with the little bump in the middle forever. Yes. I, I remember seeing these as early as the 90s. Um, yeah. The, the little bump console so these are like the brick breakers or the the tetris clones that you'd be able to buy at like seaside shops for about a tenner and then you realize it's not a game boy and then you throw it in the bin 
It's that kind of thing. Um, but what this uh, gentleman has done, uh, that's Ian Charnas of YouTube. Um, I'm not sure if it's considered fame or not, but, you know, we'll, we'll be friendly. Um, he has taken a nuclear material, technically nuclear. It's uh, tritium, which is a phosphorescent material often used in watches to illuminate the watch face without the need for LEDs. Um and has used that to power one of these Tetris knockoffs. It's quite funny uh, because it's like it works out to what about fifty one point five microwatts of electricity, which is nothing really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's enough to power the device for fifty five minutes, and to recharge it, it will take you two months on on charge. So it's not really the kind of thing that's going to make you survive an apocalypse. Um, but if anything, it'll give you something to break up the mundanity once it truly comes around. So I just thought it was a really cool thing. Um, great to see ingenuity at play, um, especially when it's using highly hazardous materials. <laughs> that's always fun. So absolutely, yeah. it, it, it's it's just stupid, but uh, and and it's the perfect YouTube video to make is guaranteed views, something like this, um, because no one else does this at all. Um, and I like it. It's it's really really cool uh, <laughs> seeing this sort of stuff. But I mean, absolutely no practicality to it anyway at all. Rather than the fact that can we get it to run? Um, I'm very surprised you didn't do Doom. Uh, in, all, in all honesty, like some kind of doom. Even it's like calculator doom, whatever. Just like, hey, we got doom running nuclear um, or whatever. But that'd hey. be the ne- that'd be the next step. You know, you gotta you gotta do these in baby steps. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, hey, it's cool. It's silly and it's cool. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, well done, Grizzly, for choosing that one because that's a cool little uh, cool little positive topic. As is the last topic we're going to be chatting about, guys. And uh, Grizzly, take it away, mate. I'm really happy to see this one. Um, so this is uh, this this topic's mostly about copyright laws in Japan. So it's better if we preface with a bit of detail. So currently in Japanese law, a copyright holder needs to be contacted if you wish to use that copyrighted work. So let's just say we're talking about, say, a Mega Drive game that was only released in Japan. In this case, a little game called Star Cruiser. This game was going to be included on the Mega Drive Mini console, but because of ambiguity about who exactly could permit a reissue, they instead decided not to because the Japanese Japanese law would would have forbidden it. They if they if that game was released without prior consent, then there could have been quite a big lawsuit or you know just general harm or injury caused. And we're talking legal injury, not like literally they're going to break someone's legs or anything. In a figurative sense, we do know what the yakuza yakuza are like. Yeah. So what they've done in Japan is that they're looking at a bill. It hasn't been actioned yet, but it's got big. It's got a lot of steam behind it. Is that they are actioning or trying to action a a uh, centralized copyright body. So in a case where the original copyright owner is either hard to contact or unable to be contacted because of issues of mortality, you know, they died or they're just unknown. Because bear in mind, back in the day, Japanese companies would actually withhold the um, identities of their staff because they didn't want them to be poached. That's why you see all of those crazy names like Nakazu in uh, the Super Mario 2 credits. They just don't want you knowing who made these games because, well, other Japanese companies could come along and give them a better offer and then they'd lose all of their talent. That's just the way it was. Um, So 
yeah, they're talk- they're looking at creating the centralized body to um, allow for copyright disputes to go through a lot smoother. So that could actually re- that could actually lead to more re-releases of older Japanese-only content for the first time in the West, and of course more so in Japan. We could be seeing a lot more stuff come to the likes of the Evercade, to the PlayStation stores. You could be seeing um, the rare kind of stuff that like the castlevania exclusives that kind of thing that just never left the far east and i think that's a great thing to see so really excited to see whether this passes and i'm equally excited to see if anything new comes out as a result so yeah i've got nothing to add it's yeah it's good (laughs) (laughs) it's a great thing yeah it's a good um i think the question would be what would you what is exclusive in japan and i know Dan, you've got a lot of knowledge about games that have been released exclusively. Oh in no, Japan, no, no, don't, don't, don't put me on the spot. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know someone mentioned the Discworld series. No one actually knows who owns that, and I know it's like if that sort of thing happened over here, which it should. Um, uh, the original uh, early Discworld games. I don't know in Japan what ones are there. I, the, the, I know there's a lot of collectors out there in Japan. Um, that like to collect these sort of rare games, but unlike people in the West, um, it's very you know, it's very frowned upon in 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 Western shores that when you do get a uh, a very rare game that no one else has, and we, we always talk about it on the show, you know, with like Castlevania Dreamcast releases and God knows whatever else, and early versions of um, uh, uh, Star Fox Adventures and stuff. Over in uh, Japan, it's very much more like look at my collection of games that have never been released, and they're just stuck to this one person, and a lot of the yeah. time. And that's because um, these the the you know these companies can't release them uh, and and they just get forgotten about when that person's gone so are those games it's just it, it's the way the uh, Japanese gamers are they like to collect games that no one else has and no one else is ever gonna have um, it's not good enough to just have a physical copy of something. Uh, and then put the ROM online. No, no, no. They want the physical thing. I'm not saying that's everyone. I'm not tarnishing everyone with the same brush, but that's just the mentality that I have seen in the past. Cause I know, um, sometimes when people's PCs have been hacked in Japan, uh, mental leaks of games that you didn't even know exist, uh, start dropping out. Yeah. And hopefully doing with, with this sort of thing that will hopefully negate some of that, uh, closed, uh, collectors out there. You can imagine all of the early code that just hasn't been seen because it hasn't left the Far East. Bearing in mind that a lot of the time we saw games early enough in the US and UK was because of shows like E3. So all we had was the demo builds. But in reality, all of the the real beta stuff um, and the alpha stuff was all coded in Japan and, and brought over, especially in the earlier days when Japan ruled the roost when it came to video games so can you imagine the content that's out there that could just be discovered as a result of this law change yeah yeah, it's yeah. brilliant yeah absolutely and uh, i know someone just mentioned sega gaga but that's a very different uh thing because we that's, know that's that localization that. yeah 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 and oh, i want that game so much but yeah good 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 what else is there to say good <laughs> nice I think it's brilliant, yeah. 
Thanks for listening to Slopescast, the retro gaming news show with myself, DJ Slope, and my co-host, Grizzly Cryden, recorded live on Twitch every single Tuesday night. If you want to listen in live, then make your way over to twitch.tv forward slash Slopes Game Room at 9pm UK time, 1pm Pacific Standard Time, and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. And as stated, if you want to be in a chance to be on a future episode, then please do consider supporting the show on Patreon or as a YouTube member. And finally, if you do have any news stories for us, then please do feel free to drop them in the dedicated rooms over on Discord at discord.gg forward slash Slopes Game Room. And until next time, guys, this is DJ Slope signing out, and hopefully I'll see you all next time.